Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Back in the Classic Factory here on a Wednesday, January 26th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Tassie. We got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And uh, finally, making the magic happen... Possibly having a little bit of a rough morning over there, uh, super producer JD. We're still seeing the title, just so you know, JD. But uh, still, oh, I know why. Okay, I know yeah. why. Yeah. Don't worry, the internet is seeing us. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. You okay, are good. being seen. I love it. Okay, that's all that matters, then, yeah. JD. How you I'll doing, fix man? It. How you doing? Oh, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be better in about an hour and forty minutes, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were having some light troubles up here in the Classic Factory too, hence the uh, late start for uh, the stream teamers joining us live. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Tell all your friends <laughs> about the light problems these guys sometimes have <laughs> yeah. here in the classic. Yeah, factory. and we're not seeing ourselves because we had another shoot going on, so we had to change the wiring. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that what we've got a great top five coming for you that we filmed. So that's what's happening. That's what's going on. If you like, Here we go, JD. If you like halftime performers, this top five is for you. Stay tuned to our No Dunks channel. Okay, awesome. Yeah, top five, top five, top five uh, later on our YouTube feed. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Fun show once again lined up here. I think we have a ton to talk about. This is, sorry, yes, JD, sir. this is going to be longer than an hour 40. Uh, <laughs> you better stock up on energy. Yeah, yeah this will probably be two hours long today. Um, we're going to get to the top trade candidates for each Western Conference team. We did the East on yesterday's daily show. We'll do the West uh, later in today's show. We'll also share our thoughts on the new Rising Stars format. Uh, when we get to Tweet of the Night, because that was the news breaking yesterday. But we start with the games from last night, and I thought it would be a fun um, way to tackle these games and these crazy results with a little What You Got. What you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, what you got? First one, I need to know. What was the more devastating loss last night? The Kings losing by 53 points to the Celtics, or the Wizards blowing a 35-point lead to the Clippers. Trey, what you got? Skeets, please call these two teams by their names. <laughs> the Kangs and the Zars. Yeah. They were out in full force last night. <laughs> Honestly, two brutal, brutal ways to lose, yep. but I got to go with the Zards for a couple of reasons. Number one... I feel like the Kings actually flew under the radar losing by 53 <laughs> last night. They barely had a mention on the Daily Ding. Just kind of tossed in there at the end. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Kings lost by 53, as you were expecting. Number two, not the worst loss of the season. That was, of course, the Thunder by 73 not too <laughs> long ago. So the Kings just second place. No problem. But number three, Skeets, thanks to you for this one. The Zards lost to the Nardo. Oh. I've seen the Bulls blow a 35-point lead. I vividly remember watching it on Twitter and the Bulls getting dragged. It's not fun. <laughs> but they didn't lose with two bombs from Luke Kennard plus a four-point play all coming after a five-second call when all they had to do was, like, run to the ball and get it in. And the game is probably over at that time. But number four, this really sealed it for me. Wizards reporter Chris Miller describing the scene uh, in the locker room after the game. I was in the back watching them go into the locker room, and they were shell-shocked. I literally walked past Coach Unsell. He, he, this was stunning. Is this rock bottom? Is this what rock bottom looks like? 
That's dark wow, stuff, man. It's depressing. It's like wow. he witnessed a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. It's a game in January. Oh, my goodness. But, oh, disgusting stuff from the Wizards. That was so bad that even if you just looked at the last 25 seconds, I think you would still say that that's the worst loss between that and the Kings losing by 53. The Wizards were up by seven with yeah. 25 yeah. seconds left. Yeah. No. You have to try to lose that game. So, I don't know. I yeah. think they should just trade every single player on their <laughs> team today. Well, it's fun to play body language doctor with players. But now you showed us the sideline reporter, the play-by-play man, even our own David Aldridge. If you want to play body language doctor with everybody who's <laughs> watched the Washington Wizards over the last couple decades, it sure feels like there's something coming the next two weeks after that 35-point barrage. And I say the next two weeks because that's when the trade deadline is. And, and I don't want to overreact and say one game will dictate a direction for a team, but it's been a coming for this team right and I, and I think here it is <laughs> in a wild wild finish okay so Luke Kennard hits a bomb eight seconds left all they have to do is Fine. inbound yeah. nobody comes to the ball <laughs> no. so Kyle Kuzma just holds it a five second violation because nobody wants to come to the ball and then it's a three point lead all right, it's a three-point lead, so you just got a foul in the backcourt, and a leader on the floor goes to the referee and says, hey, we're going to foul. Right. We are going to intentionally foul. That didn't happen because they tried to foul Justice Winslow half-heartedly. They tried to foul Luke Kennard before the shot half-heartedly, both Beal and Dinwiddie. Can't get a pass on that The two that leaders play. on the team. Yeah, they've got to say something. And uh, really, Dinwiddie could have stole the ball. I think Justice Winslow's pass was... Right there for the the pickings. If uh, mm-hmm. Spencer didn't want, would he wanted to slap it away? And here we are. And I say it's been a long time coming because this team started ten and three, which seems like eons ago. But they've gone thirteen and twenty two since, and it feels like uh, they they are picking a direction here, which uh, maybe to implode this team. And I, I love the sound of the Washington's building during that ten to, ten and three run, uh, but. It's a weird thing with the, the play-in tournament in that you can be a, a mediocre team led by Denny Avdia and Ruchi, Rui Hachimura and the non-Beal guys and be like a 10th or 11th place yeah, team. Yeah. It's like the argument going on in Major League Baseball. Some teams say, hey, why don't we expand the playoff bracket? And MLB says, well, then no one will go for it. No one will try and be part of that exclusive club of those two, three, four best teams in each league. And... I can see that argument when you look at the Washington Wizards because would you rather pay Bradley Beal come this offseason for five consecutive years at $48 million per and be an 8th, ninth, or 10th place team or would you rather trade off Beal and be a 9th, 10th, or 11th place team without Bradley Beal? I mean, I think you could still be okay with a, a different makeup to this team where guys work a little bit harder. It it took so many things to to go wrong there, and it took so many things for for this team to be, yeah, again, 13-22 and in their last 35 games. What's insane about all of this is that the Clippers have, like, three of the biggest comebacks we've seen in, uh, you know, quite a while. Not just this one, which was the second largest comeback in NBA history. History! The Zards coming, uh, or uh, excuse me, the Clippers coming back from 35, you know, late in the second quarter here against Washington. But they've had other ones uh, in the past, like, month. 
20 plus you know deficits that they've erased so this is sort of their thing and yeah there's no Paul George in this game of course no Kawhi Leonard so it's pretty amazing and you do got to give them some credit and yeah the Nard dog that bomb that he had <laughs> both of them huge great shots. and then yeah the four-point play even though what are you doing Justice Winslow had the ball this is like not not a good free throw shooter last I checked he's probably like a 60 percent free throw shooter I don't know maybe a little bit better than that like you foul him. You've given up at that point already a 30-point lead that you had. Like, just put him on the line and then hit your own free throws and you win the game. But that was like, there's just, yeah, they half-heartedly tried to foul him. He should have been fouled in the backcourt. Yeah. Like, right away. He's got the ball. Why does he have the ball? Foul him. He probably misses one anyway and you somehow escape. But brutal. I did see Tom Ziller, noted Kings fan. He said in his article this morning in his newsletter, quote, Sacramento owes the Wizards a fruit basket for pulling some attention totally. off them. And that's what you were saying, Trey, because, like, what is worse, blowing a huge lead? That sucks, but at least you had a lead. You played well for a half. <laughs> or in the Kings case, they were behind double digits in a blink of an eye to a Celtics team, too. That is not, like an elite team. I mean, they, they're like, they're, they're getting it together here. They're <laughs> finally starting to figure out some things out and they're getting some wins, but they're like not one of the best teams in the league. Five minutes the game was over. Kings never led, never even got close. And Trey, you're always saying, you know, first half leads, they're not real. This one was real. Yeah. So I almost, <laughs> I, I guess my point of, is to set all this up is like, I'm almost leaning towards the Kings uh, being the more devastating because they're just not even... Not even in the game. But nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. I thought the worst part of it was afterwards they asked, Tyrese Halliburton was asked, how do you let the stink of the Kings not get on you? He's like, I'm not going to let the culture of what the Kings have been run my life. I got to fix this. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an interest. That's a good answer. <laughs> That's a great answer for a terrible question to be asked. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. How do you let the team that you are signed up yeah. to play for for the next five <laughs> seasons, how do you let that not take over your life so you're a sad boy like De'Aaron Fox? Basically is what he was asked. Right. And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but we're gonna. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I don't know. Tom Ziller is right. The Kings should send gift baskets to the Wizards because losing a 35-point lead is a lot, a lot worse. You can tell because didn't the the Wizards just got smacked as well? They lost by 29 to the Celtics, and Beal's like, this was actually 10 times worse. Yeah. So he right, knows. Right, yeah, right. He needs to be traded. Uh, if I'm the Wizards, no chance I want to pay him no. to continue to be a 7th or 8th seed. We've seen enough of Bradley Beal as the number one guy. He was good as a number two guy. That's where he belongs, I do believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, they're probably kicking themselves. They should have traded him when his value was much, much higher. Not that it's like you're not going to get a nice little sure. hole back. I think that's, you know, he's still an elite player at that position. But, I mean, when he's scoring 30 per game is when you're probably really what wishing you maybe moved him if you're ultimately going to. Now he's having a down year. The team sucks, and he, he might be a... Uh, well, he appears to be checked out, too. This whole squad does right now. Yeah, a lot of loaded comments from him yeah. after this game about his future with the team. And he keeps on saying the right thing In one, on one hand, that he wants to be with the team. On the other hand, he's all about winning. And if they're not winning, then uh, things could uh, go awry. And as Trey said yesterday, everyone's lying right now as we head to the trade deadline. So don't <laughs> believe anybody. Although I do believe the Pacers and that they're trying to blow it up. And I bring up the Pacers because... I think there are a lot of sellers out there. And if you're trying to trade Beal in his next two weeks, yeah, Beal's value ain't the highest, 
but it's also brought down a little bit because there's other guys on the market. And we'll talk about all the Western Conference teams and who they could trade uh, coming up in the next block. The Blazers be, could be trading some big names. The Pacers are trading big names. So does that bring Beal's value down, if, especially if we're looking at these next two weeks? I think so. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that plays a part. Uh, but yeah, the Kings, specifically with this question, the Kings just aren't a story because they lose games all the time. Uh, but uh, this is a better story when we're talking about this Clippers comeback as they come back over and over and over again in the second half. They set all their starters. They yeah. put their bench guys yeah. out there. Reggie Jackson, Batum. Zubats, sit down. Bledsoe play a few minutes, but the guys who did it were two-way Amir Coffey, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann's second-round pick. Uh, those types of guys scored 40 in the third quarter, 40 in the fourth quarter, <laughs> 80 points. That's a smack. That's a smack. That's Washington a smack. walked out. They walked out of, the, of their locker room at half and didn't give a flying poop. <laughs> like, on any of those possessions, even when Luke Kennard hit that free throw, you got a second left. I thought the Kyle Kuzma inbound. Oh He's just like, like, who cares? He just chucked it. Totally. Yeah. It, goes, it, actually, totally, it actually got to Montrez Harrell. Yeah. He should have caught it. He yeah, yeah. had a decent look at it. But, but he was done. Uh, like, oh, Everybody's done. They yeah. could have ran a little play. They yeah. could have ran that play that LeBron hit that game-winning shot in Washington a couple <laughs> years back, if you remember that beauty bomb LeBron spin three-point shot. Now it's LeBron, and uh, that was a nice shot. But uh, the Wizards could have run a play. But they were all done. <laughs> uh, just a quick trivia question in regards to the Kings' loss. They were down 60 at one point in the fourth quarter, too, so they made it manageable there, losing only by 53. Um, who led the Kings in scoring last night? Baino Udri. No. <laughs> no. No. Any no. guess? Well, uh, I'd give me the Yorgos Papayanis. No, no, no. It's not that, it's not that crazy a name. Uh, Buddy Heald. Okay. 11 points. But. <laughs> What a dumb team. <laughs> oh, let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Alvin, With what did Alvin? Why did questions? Alvin do this? Okay, oh, if yeah. the Kings called the Wizards, I saw, I think it was Hootski that said this in the stream team. If the Kings called the Wizards and say, our roster for your roster, straight up, who says no? I think the like, Wizards. You think the Wizards would say no? I guess, I mean, theoretically, Beal is the best player yeah. between those two teams, but I'm like... It seems to me the more responsibility you give Beal, the worse the offense is and the worse the team is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They haven't won 50% of their game since he's been the number one guy. They just keep losing. Wow, that's yeah. a... And I'm, I'm, he was struggling to begin the year, Yeah, and they were winning. That's ooh, weird. Ooh, it's very weird. It is mm-hmm. very weird. Mm-hmm. I, I I take the Wizards. I take the Wizards because I'm trading. Nobody wants either of these I'll teams. Take the, I'll take the one team because I'm trading a bunch of them. And so I'm turning the Wizards guys. I think they have more value in terms of what they would bring back. But I'm not taking them because I want them to right. play basketball. Right. Well, yeah. Here, what's the, what do you set the over under on if you take the Kings roster and the Wizards roster on how many of those guys are traded before the deadline? The number of players. I set the line at five and a half for each team or total? like combined. 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 Yeah, sure, sure. That five and a half, sense. maybe yeah. four and a half. Yeah. That's like a lot. Good guys. line. Yeah, not a bad line. Yeah, nice right. line setter. Thank you, man. I'm going over. I'm going uh, over. Yeah, right I now. think I would too. I think, I, somebody, you should be calling Tommy Shepard right now. If you're any team in the league, calling Tommy Shepard, say your team's terrible, buddy. Bradley Beal doesn't want to be there. What? He's the number one guy in the trade market right now. I don't think Lillard is going to be traded. Right. Simmons, we'll see, but I'm taking Beal over Simmons for the most part. They should be calling. Tommy Shepard should be on the phone 100% of the minutes available today. Well, let's hear with all of these questions with what you got from the stream team, for everybody listening or maybe watching later. Uh, 
give your answers on Twitter at NoDunkSync or in the YouTube comments. And uh, yes, we're back to our uh, our light Half issues light. here in the Classic Factory. JD's going to kick something. I can see it coming. Kind of lit. We're kind of uh, lit. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We'll power through here. Uh, our next question: the better bounce back win. Okay, because both of these teams were coming off a loss, but they got a victory last night. The Lakers or the Raptors? Tass, what you got? Well, the Lakers were part of our swear jar just a day ago. So for them to come back in a very demonstrative fashion, I loved watching this game. I loved watching Braun in New York. And I I forgot about LeBron and how he loves to play on the road. He loves to put on a show. Right. And he said post game, I didn't get a chance to play in Madison Square Garden earlier this year because I was suspended for a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this this is year 19 for the man, so he gets up. He needs he needs things to get him motivated like mm-hmm. anybody here. You know, this is year 16 for us on the basketball drone slash the starter slash the free agent slash no dunk. So sometimes we need <laughs> some motivators, and this was a show. Uh, it, was, it was great. Just the fact that Anthony Davis came back, how much of a spark did he provide that team defensively? Yep. Just He was just there in the lane. He had three blocks in the first seven minutes. Right, and he and, and he barely played. He had a twenty-five minute right. game, he scored eight points. So the ba- box score means, you know, it looks bad. Uh, but yeah. but the on-court performance defensively, just to give his guys that steady rock behind him, uh, that it's it's so different. And, and uh, you know, I've said it. I'll say it again. Last year, the Lakers were the number one seed, the number one team defensively, with Dennis Schroeder being their point guard out front. But they had LeBron, they had Anthony Davis, and those guys and their effort level that trickled down to all their guys. So that, uh, to me, is is why Frank Vogel deserved to be the head coach until Anthony Davis came back because right. they didn't have their full roster. Uh, like Anthony Hardaway complaining about his Memphis Tigers and how they're judged by the media, they didn't have their full roster. The Lakers didn't have their full roster, but now AD is there. And yeah, we, AD was there the first couple months. You may say, but uh, listen, he's also he was also in chill mode too uh, the first couple months. So I think this is when they turn it on to be a little bit better team. And the fact that they're playing, look at their starting lineup. It's AD and LeBron. They decided, all right, Trevor, you have a seat. Trevor Reza, have a seat. This is who they're playing around those two guys to start. Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and Russell Westbrook. Just defensive-minded guys besides Westbrook uh, as their spark plug because they just want that intensity, and it worked uh, along with their bench. So I, I believe in this Lakers team you know, to be a far better team. They scored 27 transition points, uh, and that was the, the difference in this game. The energy uh, from you know Braun on down, mm-hmm. especially with AD out there, a different team. So I, I got to go with the Lakers because are we going to have a swear jar anymore? I, I don't uh, think we've really actually gone overboard with them. Nah, if we, I'm being we honest. didn't actually put the jar out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what did you think of AD's return? I mean, immediate impact. He finished the noop and then hit a jumper. And like Tess said, not a crazy box score. He only played 25 minutes, but I thought you saw why they're a much better team when he's out there. This guy's pretty good. I'm taking Dwight Howard off the top 75 slide in the back end. <laughs> right away, just like that. Sorry, sorry, Dwight. You had one day. Uh, but the Lakers, to me, look like the team they're supposed to look like. You mentioned uh, the 27 fast break points. They also had 12 steals. A lot of that was LeBron was, like, super active. Those yep. two dunks were incredible to see, though... <sighs> I don't know. I couldn't help noticing, like, LeBron just doesn't jump as high these days anymore. <laughs> he still jumps very high. He can still dunk. 
But that windmill, he was kind of on the way down when he threw it down. That was yeah. a little sad to me to Aww. see. Bye. I was, I was a tiny bit worried he was going to hitch himself on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they were just so active, and I thought it was they were excited to have Davis back. They know that their defense looks the way it's supposed to, and that's the key for the Lakers. They're still not going to be a great half-court team. It'll be fine when it's Anthony Davis and LeBron running pick and roll uh, come playoff time, but they need to get out in transition and score some pockets. So I thought that was really good. Held the Nets to 96 points. Not the full strength Nets no. team but still holding the team under 100 is pretty tough and they got Anthony Davis back so a lot of return to form and a player actually returning I thought that was great stuff from LA uh, Malik Monk hitting a bunch of threes He's is good. always going to help too once they get into these uh, playoff series you're going to need some shooters out there around LeBron and AD that's usually the recipe to make uh, have success in the playoffs with him did you guys see the clip of uh, <laughs> LeBron talking to Austin Reeves people saying some galaxy ship brain stuff and that Austin Reeves was a struggling to compute what LeBron was saying here's the clip for everybody joining us on YouTube all right he's telling us go over here your man's over here no you got to get over there and then come underneath oh Austin Reeves I don't know what the hell you're talking about I said it was very similar to when Lee starts talking about uh the test cricket match in the 90s between England and Australia and it's mm-hmm. like us going uh, yeah sure I don't know I guess so yeah Looked uh, also like Tony Stark <laughs> explaining intergalactic warfare to Peter Parker. Yes, true, true. <laughs> but I do think it's pretty instructive that Austin Reeves is pointing to the complete other side of the floor of LeBron. Like, what? literally, what is LeBron seeing that he's completely flipped over on the other side? I don't know. I'd love to hear the breakdown. Yeah, some sort of uh, offensive play strategy that they're uh, they're supposed to be doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to side with the Toronto Raptors here when talking about a bounce back win? I, w- I will say quickly about them because again we have so much to get to still here. Um, they did overcome the absence of Fred Van Vliet last night and yeah. then Scotty Barnes. So Van Vliet was out with a right sore knee and Barnes was a late scratch like an hour before the game because of a sore right wrist. So we get Pascal Siakam starting at point. Spicy P at the point. He was incredible. It was amazing. He had 12 assists. I mean, everything was sort of going through him. And this was just a really somewhat surprising and playing a good Hornets team mm-hmm. uh, and uh, much needed sort of victory. Gary Trent Jr. was on fire. He hit a bunch of threes last night. And the Raptors without Van Vliet, I saw Michael Grange with this stat this morning. Over the last, you know, year, going back to last season, in 22 games, Van Vliet was out. The Raptors were 4 and 18. Like, he's very important. I saw Dan Devine's got Fred Van Vliet starting. For his Eastern Conference All-Star team. I couldn't believe it. No, nope. I couldn't believe it. But anyway, uh, they're really bad when Van Vliet doesn't pay, play because he does yeah, everything for them. Totally. And, uh, and, you know, Siakam really uh, picked up the slack last night. Yeah. So I thought that was amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of fun sometimes to watch, like, a, a Gary Trent Jr. type of guy just fire away. Yeah. Like, you have the license to shoot 20 times, and uh, it paid off. He had 21 shots leading the team in shots and banging home threes. But, uh, yeah, the, Pascal... Bounce back season. We're talking about a bounce back game here. Bounce back season for him and the and the reputation that he has. So much love. I find it odd watching Raptors games a lot of the times because they're still acting like they have fans out there. Toronto has zero fans. Yeah. They have they have told fans that they are not allowed to come. And a lot of the time, still, still part of the PA is like, here we go, fans. Make some <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. Our friend Will Lou put up a. a 
a screenshot of what they had on the video board. Fans, get loud! Like, what? <laughs> There's nobody there! Like, we can change it up. You know, it's weird. It's just for the raptor. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. He's like, all right, let's go! And even he can't make noise, apparently. Get over there! Booker's telling him to get in the corner. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep it going here. JD, let's check in with you real quick. Are you doing all right over there? I know the light's still causing you problems. Now you're turning around other lights. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't idea. know what's going on with this thing. Yeah. But, uh... Anyway, I'll get some candles during the break. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> we'll set the mood. Maybe we'll pour ourselves a bath. Uh, all right, next one here. Best box score of the night. Jokic, Embiid, or Anthony Edwards, who I have to note had 40 points and zero assists. Oh, yeah. pulled out a close oh, yeah. yeah. I got to apologize here. Got to apologize. No beef. No. No beef. Wow, for Jokic. No beef. Yeah. Wow. I already owe a Nurkic beef. I know the Blazers fans are all about that, but Skeets, I've got a, a a laptop the same vintage as yours. Yeah? That's my beef computer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. It's clogged, buddy. Clogged up with beef. <laughs> really? Detritus. Can't find my hard drive. I got to restart my computer every morning just to make the dumb pick'em graphic. <laughs> <sighs> Gotta let the beef build. So I, I <laughs> why are we falling? What's going on here? Why are we falling apart? We've only been in the Classic Factory for a couple of weeks here. We got computers dying. Well, see, dying. I brought my new one for the new Classic Factory. I said this is gonna be a pure computer. <laughs> I'm only gonna look at the freshest streams. <laughs> I'm never gonna click a weird ad. It's gonna be perfect, but. Uh, <laughs> All right. They've seen a computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like this? It's so you like new. this? Yeah. I can tell I you, though, it. this is uh, this one's going to get clogged with detritus as well, which is too bad. But <laughs> detritus. So what's your, what's your answer to this? Is it Jokic, but you just don't have the beef? Or is it Embiid, who's a monster still, or Anthony Edwards? With That's a great life? question. Yeah. Great question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem. I would say it's a choose-your-own-adventure, Skeets. <laughs> Jesus. I know Leo you're thinking answer. I would go Jokic because of the beef. 28, 21, and 9. Only 9 of 20 from the field. I know that would hurt if you're making a uh, woe boy choice. <laughs> yeah. I did see Stan Van Gundy tweeted that uh, there have been 12 2020 games in the NBA this season, which apparently Quentin Richardson calls a Barbara Walters. 2020. Yeah, sure, sure. Not bad. Okay. Nikola Jokic has four of them all in the last five weeks. That's pretty cool. Then I got dumb by getting smart. I said, what if I add up points, rebounds, and assists? Simple. Then it's Embiid. 42 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. That's 60. <laughs> Jokic only has 58. Oh, jeez. Ergo, Embiid, better than Jokic. <laughs> of course, the Pelicans rested everybody. Didn't play Jonas Valanciunas, which was the big one. That being said, according to Stat News, this is Joel Embiid's fifth straight game he's had more points than minutes. Wow. Eat your heart out, Bob McAdoo. <laughs> then I said, math sucks. Right. Ham really sucks. Math even worse. What's the coolest box score? Anthony Edwards, no doubt. 40 points, 9 rebounds, 27 shots, 0 assists. I love it. <laughs> Afterwards, they asked him, what's it like to take over a game in the fourth quarter? He said, I felt like black Jesus. So his line is probably the most <laughs> underwhelming of the three, but I like it the most. And the main takeaway from this is that one or maybe two of Jokic and Embiid is going to be very disappointed at the end of the season. Because they're both going to have massive MVP-like numbers. Like, Jokic has been better this season than he was last season when he won MVP. Doesn't feel like he's going to win it, even though he's at the top of the basketball reference MVP tracker. They're kind of in the same spot right now, honestly. They're both in sixth place place in their conference. Both of their teams, the story has been more about 
who's not, not there, there yeah. than who's actually playing. And they don't, they just don't necessarily have the wins or the narrative right now. If either of these teams can win like 10 games in a row, somehow get into the top three of their conference, finish in the top three, then I think they would have a chance at winning MVP. Otherwise, right now, it's too close to call. It's very, very close. Uh, of these box scores last night, though, what you got when it comes to uh, you know the better one? Well, I would go with Jokic because of how he was playmaking out there. Totally same scenario with the Sixers where you have to rely on him a lot more, and that's kind of the benefit of watching the Denver Nuggets play the Detroit Pistons yesterday. I know the casual NBA fan wasn't watching this game, but because they don't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, they're not blowing anybody out, so Jokic has to be on the floor for 48 minutes, and it is marvelous just watching him do everything. What... He does what Embiid doesn't do. Is he, uh, Jokic brings the ball up a little bit more. The, the plays are made through him a little bit more. Obviously, the passing is a little bit through him a little bit more. And he just can react. Everybody knows on the, the other side that you got to take the ball out of his hands. He's going to make the plays. So the pressure's on this guy. And he just, he is amazing just to watch. Just pick apart everybody. So yeah. uh, I watched this game because I'm a sicko. And I, and I watched him. Uh, dropping those dimes to everybody. And it's fun to watch him. It's obviously fun to play with him. The four guys on the floor, it's fun as a spectator to watch what they're doing because they know Jokic is going to drop them, drop each of them something. If I run, if I cut here, if oh, I yeah. cut there, then uh, if, if, uh, if, if I take away one of his defenders somehow, then he's going to make a marvelous play. I mean, he's going behind the back as he dribbles up court. Uh, so I would take him and, yeah, another 20-20 game for him. So it's it's hard. The Edwards forty points and zero assists is pretty special as well. Uh, it doesn't happen very. He's calling himself Black Jesus. He says next year he's going to win the MVP. A lot of lines after this game. Yeah, he's special. So three guys noteworthy for very different reasons. But Trace right in that when we get to the end of the year, Jokic and Embiid hanging around the MVP table. Unfortunately, even though Jokic had a, has having a better season than last year, he's probably not going to win it. Probably not. And Beads is having a better season than he had last year, and he finished runner-up. Yeah. Um, I went Wild. to check, too. I, I forgot I did take Embiid in our uh, season preview shows for MVP. And not it bad. Didn't look good for a while when he was missing a ton of games, but he's definitely sitting at the table, as we talked about, and it's just... He's just a monster right now. He is just like... you. Like, the Sixers wish the playoffs started tomorrow. Like, forget about what they're doing <laughs> at the deadline. I mean, this guy can win... He can win you series. He can take you... This He's playing at that elite level... Jokic is right there too that you are winning playoff series with that guy as your number one guy we've seen it with Giannis we've obviously seen it with LeBron it's, it's pretty amazing um, you imagine you took those two guys off the teams right now like how bad the Nuggets would be if Jokic didn't play right and even and in beating the Sixers I mean it's not it's it's a, probably a little bit better than, than the Nuggets I'd imagine like that they would be horrible. And they have hope that Jamal Murray is going to come back and, and right now they're four games above 500 and if Jamal Murray comes back the reason why I picked Jokic as the MVP is because right. I, I had the f just had the the hope that he would be able to prop them up into the top four seeds of the Western Conference, and it ain't that far, especially considering that yeah they they think Jamal Murray's going to come back, and I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is lost for the season either. So there's hope in the latter half of the season, especially with Kevin Durant 
and his injury and things and Steph Curry being ice cold. So things are shaken up at the mm-hmm. table. People are going to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, people are taking their calls and their seats could be stolen. I think the table right now, there's only five seats at the MVP table. You're right. A couple guys have gotten up. Maybe they're at the bar or they're in the washroom or checking like, you know, if the, 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 the time on their parking has expired. Yeah. It is definitely Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. And then I think right now it is Chris Paul and John Morant. I think those are the five sitting there with Curry at the bar. With Durant, unfortunately, he's outside right now. He's checking on his car because of injury and stuff like that. That's that's my five right now. Uh, I think I would be between Curry and John Morant. Okay. I, okay. I agree. Morant's okay. definitely had a... He's the MVP of late between those two, but you can't throw out the okay. first two months of the season. Hey, hey. That's, yeah. I'm totally call. fine close with call. that. They're... they're Maybe they're sharing a seat. Um, All right, final one here. (laughs) They're small. Yeah, better rookie performance. I did want to slip this in here because Cade Cunningham had a monster line in the Pistons' loss against uh, the Nuggets. Awesome, awesome line. Or Jonathan Kaminga for the Warriors who blew out uh, the Mavericks there last night. He barely missed a shot. So, Tass, what you got? Better rookie performance last night. I got to go with Cade. Okay. Uh, The overall game for him was spectacular and just like we talked about Jokic, so much on his shoulders in that game. On the other side of the floor, so much on Cade's shoulders just to create everything, and he responded. These were special numbers. With Kuminga, it's it's different, obviously, because Steph's still out there, Clay's out there taking off pressure, but Cade, to be able to shoot 14 of 26 and 6 of 9 from 3 with all that pressure, he just takes his time and gets into his shot. Six threes for this young kid. And then he was instigating things on the other end as well. He had a great chase down block of Aaron Gordon. He had four blocks in this game. A 35-5 and five game, youngest in franchise history, passing Isaiah Thomas when you're in that category. Ash, some good stuff. He had a slow start to the season. <laughs> and uh, he's, he is, yeah, again, wise beyond his years, just like I keep saying about Evan Mobley and, and Cade. Like we just said about the MVP race, it seemed like Mobley and Barnes were way out there ahead, but Cade is definitely tracking them down, mm-hmm. and he is so comfortable taking his shots at his own pace, creating for guys, Thirty-four, just to go over the line again, 34 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks, creating for everybody, and he was asked about not getting calls after the game. Another wise comment, he said, listen, I control what I can control, number one, which sounds like, you know, an Instagram quote for billions of people out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, smart. And then he said, you know, maybe if we win more, we'll get some calls. So he's he's just, he's a cool customer. I'm sure his teammates, like Jokic's teammates, love playing with him because he gets everybody involved. So it's a bright, bright future for Cade and that team. And we'll see how they shake it around uh, the next two weeks here around him because I think they're going to switch it up a little bit, but I would go with Cade over Jonathan Kuminga. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, Cade is an easy choice. The way he was just bodying Austin Rivers in the post was pretty impressive. It looked like he was a 10-year veteran, and Austin Rivers was the rookie, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, Cade Cunningham, I don't know. I know he started as a post player and has a wicked hook shot. I remember reading that (laughs) in his uh, his pre-draft evaluations, but seeing him work on Rivers, that was pretty impressive. I will say Kaminga had the best highlight. Yeah. Huge dunk. Of course, 17 of his points came in the fourth quarter, which was all garbage time. Yep. But the dunk <laughs> was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice yes. one. I was feeling pretty vindicated watching the Cade Cunningham performance last night because I think it was like, who knows, time is weird. But maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we had that whole debate here on the show in the Classic Factory about like, if you redid the draft right now, you know, who goes one, two, three, four, five? And I remember, uh, I think it was you and Lee at the time. Um, 
talking about, ah, oh, maybe it is Mobley, and I think the Pistons, and I was like, nah, I still think Detroit would very happily keep with Cunningham at number one. As great as Mobley had played, as great as Barnes had played, and, uh, you know, these are reasons why. You see it. You can see it even when he was struggling. The guy is a damn awesome basketball player and it's he's starting to just like become accustomed to the speed of the game and stuff like that and uh taking control also just the idea of like this is my team um you know yeah jeremy grant's the better player probably right now on on the pistons but not gonna be for long not for long not for long Mm -hmm. um so awesome awesome game kaminga had the highlights you're right and the good box score as well but let's hear from everybody best rookie performance from last night cade or Kaminga. Okay, we're going to take our first break. We'll get the candles out. Sweet. Flashlights, maybe? Lumos. Oh, <laughs> excellent. So when we come back, we will look at the top trade candidates from each Western Conference team. We'll be right back. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, back in the classic factory. Let's get to some trade candidates for the Western Conference teams. Yeah, it was fun doing the East yesterday. I think it was more difficult doing the West. Uh-huh. Yeah, there were some teams I really, really struggled with. We'll move through these alphabetically once again. Again, these are just guys on these particular teams that I could see that particular organization saying, okay, we could move this guy for whatever reason because maybe of a player you get back, maybe it helps your books, whatever. So Dallas Mavericks, guys. I think it's two possible impending free agents because I don't think they're going to be able to trade Tim Hardaway Jr., <laughs> And his contract, mm-hmm. especially now, he just got injured uh, last night as we wait to see uh, how serious that foot injury was. But I'm going Dorian Finney-Smith, DFS, okay. and Jalen Brunson. Again, four Ooh. reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. The Brunson, he's played so, so well. Yeah. But you can't tell me there would be a bunch of teams that would be intrigued by him. You mm-hmm. talked about the Knicks needing a point guard. Yeah, that's My a good God. one. You know, would, they, would the Mavs willingly trade Brunson if they don't think they're going to be able to keep him in free agency for Mitchell Robinson, let's say, and a pick of some sort, like a second-round pick or something like that. You know, is there something, is there a deal no, there that that's be worked? Ex- that's exciting because so, that's a need for a need rather than teams, teams looking for the future. Because Mitchie, uh, I think, could help. <laughs> I'm taking Lee's role here yeah. of using nicknames. Mitchell Robinson <laughs> could help the Mavs in the front court and change their... Yeah, there's sort of log jam there. Would Porzingis move over to the four in that instance? Yeah, maybe you, Mitchell Robinson could sort of be like, you know, the Warriors and the Lakers have had in the past. Mitchell Robinson starts, plays 20 minutes, then Porzingis moves over. Uh, yeah, I know it's, it's it's difficult, though, because we say the Mavs need a, a playmaker. Yeah. And then they're going to trade Jalen Brunson. Feels a little off. But uh, I understand they have a lot of money locked up with other guys. They do, but both these guys I did list, 
they're good players. <laughs> so they, you know, the Mavericks are in a, they're in the playoffs. They're going to be in playoff series. So they want to obviously uh, have some success here around Luca and Porzingis. But I just struggled outside of those guys to sort of find someone that made really sense. Because again, I don't think anybody's taking Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, not after the injury last night. But it is weird because they need playmakers and they need defense. The defense has been pretty solid lately while the Mavericks have been stringing together some wins. And a lot of that is Dorian Finney-Smith is kind of their best perimeter defender. So... I don't know. Uh, It feels like the Mavericks need to make a move and it's going to be tough for them to do so. I don't know. I don't don't know. I mean, Dwight Powell? He's an important player for them as well. Maxi Kleba's an important player for them as well. Uh, But they have a lot of players who would be solid role players away from Dallas, just like they have been there. But they need something to take them into the next echelon of the Western Conference. With with Brunson specifically, like, what type of deal is he going to be looking at in free agency? That's like you got to start figuring out if you're the Dallas Mavericks. Like, you know, can we or are we willing we going to pay him X amount? And if we're not, then you sometimes, unfortunately, go, well, let's get something in return. It's going to be manage. something like they've given to their own players. They they gave him Reggie Bullock, you know, three for 30 or so, and Tim Hardaway, that four for 75, probably somewhere in between I think it's going to be closer to Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, than yeah. it is to Bullock. Yeah, yeah somewhere. Yeah, I could see the $50 million range, you know. Three for fifty, he's four played, for sixty. He's played great. He has played he is. himself into a pretty good contract. Yeah. So you know, and you want him on your roster. Yeah. I, I think it might be a year out that the Mavericks have to make a move because they've got so much money tied into those guys. I mentioned Reggie Bullock. Obviously, hasn't worked out. Kleba Powell signed through next year. They've got one hundred twenty million, or sorry, one hundred forty million locked up already for next season. Uh, so yeah, they might have to wait until contracts expire next season but yeah things are going so well for them right now bobby marks though he reminded me dallas has a valuable possibly valuable trade asset in a basically an 11 million trade exception that they created last offseason could come into play here at the deadline they're well positioned below the luxury tax right now 16.4 million dollars of room so they could get in some uh, some help all right to the denver nuggets I have nobody on my list because they weren't. <laughs> so they already made a move. This is the thing, yeah. right? They acquired Bryn Forbes from the Spurs as part of that three-team deal that involved Boston. But go through their roster, and maybe I'm missing a name. But there's no chance they're moving Jokic. Obviously, not Murray or Porter being injured. Aaron Gordon can't be traded and won't be because of his extension. So then you're like Will Barton, Morris, a couple Greens, <clears throat> throwing your compost there, and Jeff and Jamichael. And uh, Jermichael Green would have to approve a trade anyway. Compazzo, Bones, Heitland. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't think they're going to be all that active here at the deadline. Am I, is, uh, am I wrong? You tell me. Well, Jeff Green might get traded. <laughs> yeah, he just might, you know? Yeah, but... There's like two or three teams he hasn't played for yet. <laughs> so he might get well, traded. It's like he's trying like to I'm, collect them all yeah, on, a, on a card, like yeah. he's trying to get a Subway sandwich. Okay. <laughs> yeah, play right. for 20 teams, get the next 10 free. <laughs> he's getting close. Uh, but I'm kind of with you. It feels like their move is going to be getting players healthy, whether that is uh, Michael Porter Jr., if he's able to come back, or Jamal Murray uh, a little bit later in the season. And, you know, Bryn Forbes is now going to be part of the rotation as well. It would be nice if they could figure out a way to get a guard. And maybe if you've got Jeff Green and Jamichael Green, similar sort of players, play at the same kind of position, which is a valuable position around the NBA. So, I don't know. I mean, like the Mavericks, Jamichael Green, $8.2 million. That fits into an $11 million trade it exception does, there. It does, it does. Um, Tass, what do you think? Or are the Nuggets like, they already made their move, they got a shooter in Forbes, and then their hope is we get Murray and maybe even Porter Jr. back. These are our moves that we've been, because of Jokic, 
We're a 500 squad. Wait till those guys come back. Yeah, it feels like they just sign everybody every week. They're signing a, a G leaguer or a 10 dayer or somebody deep in the queue. So I don't think they. Right, cousins, they, right? Yeah, yeah and cousins. I don't think they deplete their roster anymore. I think they they just try and add through Porter and Murray, who I I have hope for will be back in the next couple months. Okay, let's go to the Golden State Warriors then. I have James Wiseman at the top of the list. Now he hasn't played. <laughs> the number two pick uh, from the draft a couple of years ago. But he, to me, would be him, maybe Moody. I think Kaminga does feel a little bit untouchable. Um, you know, we've heard reports about that. But if they're looking to move one of their young, you know, very interesting prospects, he would be in the mix. Now, here's a here's a proposal. Would the Warriors do this? Would they trade Looney and James Wiseman for Miles Turner with... Let's say, let's say one first round pick, be it 2022 or even way in the future, 2028, whatever it is. Is that enough of an upgrade to you for the Warriors? Go get Turner in giving up, obviously, uh, you know, a young player in Wiseman and then Looney? Or are you like, you're like, nah, let's just roll with Looney at that point and our picks? You're saying the Warriors would give up a pick as well? I would think so. That's way too much. To for, me, for Miles Turner. I don't think Miles Turner fits at all with the Warriors. Okay. I think he would be a poor fit because he just doesn't have a lot of ball skills. And I always call him Miles the Learner Turner because it feels like he's trying to learn moves as the game is happening. Looney, for all of his limitations and not really being able to jump, he's kind of the perfect center yeah, for the Warriors. Yeah. Never needs the ball, moves it, sets good screens, and can play defense. So I don't think they necessarily need to upgrade that spot. An upgrade would be nice, but I think they can survive with Looney. I think they need more playmaking, uh, to be quite honest. Right now, it seems to be the only playmaking is if it's a hot Jordan Poole night or if Clay Thompson gets it going a little bit. So they need something to kind of take the load off of Steph Curry. I would be more interested in that than a big guy. Yeah, I don't think they give up on their future. Kuminga looks fantastic, uh, and James Wiseman's value couldn't be any lower because he hasn't played this season and so they are in that perfect spot right now where present looks good future looks pretty freaking good so why would they mess with that i for as trey said a slight upgrade potentially but kevon looney has been playing great he really has and he's been healthy surprisingly Mm -hmm. he's usually in and out of the lineup but he's been durable and he has been uh, a help for them he's been this is best season uh, and he's been around for a while. Yeah, it's good that he's actually playing, too, because it kind of feels like Draymond's going to be missing some time here. Yeah. Not a lot of confidence from uh, Bob Myers in the interview, kind of like laying out like, it might be a little bit before we actually get Draymond back, and if that's the case, you're going to like having the institutional knowledge that Looney brings. Uh, Bobby Marks had this point that I saw, too. The Warriors have made deadline deals in the last two seasons, uh-huh. but when they were like going to the finals, like that stretch five years in a row, they never made an in, an, um, you know, an in-season trade so it's that's fascinating in the sense like where do they think they fall right now in the pecking order of their title chances right and and Steph always talks about the iterations of this team or the 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 different segments of this season first we get to know each other then Clay comes back then we have our playoff push and I don't think they mess with the the chemistry more than like Clay has already messed with the chemistry to some degree and so yeah I think they just try and right the ship a little bit I see Terrence Ross's name linked to the to the Warriors too as a, like a you know an explosive off the bench sort of six man mm. type of guy. They, they have sort of pool in that role, so maybe yeah. it's a little overkill. But I've seen some linking of Ross and Warriors. Okay, to the Houston Rockets. Now, the Athletics Kelly Eco says 
the Rockets say, no way Eric Gordon's getting traded. Yeah. <laughs> trade Kirby Cole. Bullshit on that. And I'm with you. Eric Gordon, I have uh, as the top trade candidate from the Rockets. Christian Wood, we could talk about him as well. But EG, under contract through 2023-24, but non-guaranteed in that final year. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting 45.2% from three. You can shoot a three. Now... Now, I believe Kelly Eco's reporting that the Rockets are saying, I don't know, we don't need to move him because I, I do think there's like some value in professional guy that's been in this league for a while trying to teach all these young guys, you know, how to go about their business and, uh, you know, obviously get their body right, get their, keep their mind sharp and like the grueling, uh, you know, the tackling a grueling season like an NBA season is. I think there's some value in that and I get it. You want to have some of those vets around and he's been playing awesome, but they're silly if they're not at least of course fielding calls and if there's some deal that blows them away it's too good to be true then you're moving off Eric Gordon right yeah you would have to feels like it's the time feels like Houston's moving in another direction but I, I I'm with you you want vets in the locker room to help everybody out it's yep. like what's happening in Detroit as well with Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph you can get an asset for those guys um, you can get an asset for Eric Gordon the contract is a bit of a Hiccup, but you've got DJ Augustine being a vet there in Houston. That's enough veteranship, I think. They got John Wall, too, if they really want vets in the locker room. Right. Hey, play that guy who wants to play for your team. Uh, I think Eric Gordon will be traded, and I think that teams should be calling about Daniel Tice. <laughs> Remember mm. Daniel Tice? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's an actual NBA player. That's a good point. Yeah, he's there for the Rockets for some reason. He's got a long deal, but I would imagine some team could get interested in Daniel Tice, a guy that's played in the playoffs before. Do you think a team would offer right now a first-round pick for Eric Gordon? With how well he's shooting? <laughs> yeah. Seems like a lot. You know, when you say first-round pick, there's always a P-R-O-T period afterwards. It's protected. <laughs> so what's a first-round pick these days if right. it's a protected top 20? Are you getting from 21 to 30 a better player than Eric Gordon, former sixth man of the year who's obviously playing – to show that he can be on a championship team. Right, right. Let him play. I want to see EG on a, a championship team, being that six-man, being the Jordan Poole role, being the Terrence Ross role. The guy can score. But, yeah, the contract is a little a little bit of a hindrance, I guess. Mm-hmm. To the L.A. Clippers, I have Serge Ibaka on this list um, for really solely because they would save themselves so much money it's hilarious by trading Ibaka. $9.3 million salary. The Clippers would see their $94 million tax penalty shrink to $53 million. $41 million in savings they could do here in some sort of hypothetical uh, Abaca deal. You know, So a lot of people out there think you call up Sam Presti. Yep. You say, hey, Sam, you <laughs> want a second round pick? I would love a second round pick. Absolutely. What? You know me. What do I need to do? Uh, well, you got to take Serge Ibaka off our hands. Uh, no problem. Send him over. Send him back to OKC. And we'll take a second round pick and you can make this happen. But I do have Ibaka there. And, and maybe there's other teams that feel like Ibaka still got a little something left in the tank for a playoff push. But that's an incredible amount of money you could save. And your team is also mainly because of uh, unfortunate injuries to your star players. They're not going far currently constructed so you're gonna probably do that with the books there aren't you Tess yeah yeah and that's what uh, OKC likes to do that's why they keep their salaries low yep uh, you gotta hit the salary floor and <laughs> yeah uh, they're way below the salary floor <laughs> yeah, yeah so you could ingest Serge Ibaka's contract 
and not trade anything back. Right. Zip, zip, zero. But you take a second round pick and you're happy about it. I, totally. And Serge Ibaka, unfortunately, yeah, he has look a little aged since he come, has come back, although he could help. Um, he's, he's a great he, celebrator. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. He was he was the celebrating like crazy oh, he last was night. Pumped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he brings good vibes. He does. <laughs> In just that contract. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Unless you have anyone else on uh, the Clippers that you could see them moving off of. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Abaka's good just because he's on an expiring deal. And like you're saying, maybe some team could say, hey, he's got enough for a playoff yeah. push here. And with the Paul George announcement, kind of like it feels like the Clippers are maybe we make the play in tournament, maybe we don't. Totally. Kind of a gap year season for them. I absolutely agree with that. I think they are looking at their roster with the Paul George news and the Kawhi stuff. It's like, this is a bit of a lost year, but let's just get all our young guys reps. Maybe, like you said, they get into the play game, even into the playoffs. Who knows? And that's fine. That's great. Uh, and then we're like regroup for next season. But to save $40 million, they're, they'll probably do that if they can. Yeah, maybe the Bucks could talk themselves into Serge Ibaka being their backup center. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, he was in the Raptors locker room when they were able to overcome the 2-0 deficit in the conference finals in 2019 where he said, you remember when I was with OKC? You remember that? And they, all the people in the locker Kawhi said, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember. But he said, we came back from 0-2 down and we did it against the San Antonio Spurs. So maybe, and then the Bucks can say. Then they'll say, yeah, we were down 2-0 in the finals, and we won the finals last year. Who cares, Serge? Hey, get out of here, Serge. Sorry, you're cut. Good point. All right, to the Lakers, the other L.A. team. There are only four things they're going to trade, all right? And we've gone over it before. Three players and a, and a pick. Talon Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, DeAndre Jordan, sure, and the 2027 first-round pick, uh, which is the earliest pick they could uh, possibly move. THT and none. You combine them together, that's $14.5 million, which means the max the Lakers could receive in a trade for the duo is about $18.2 million. And that's important because like some of the, the better players, like your Jeremy Grants and stuff, that wouldn't work with just those two. So I don't know if you have anything to add to the Lakers. Those are the only pieces that they will be moving here at the deadline, if they do at all. No. Nothing to add. The Excel sheet is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's that's really it. funny when <laughs> you look. Weird at, to look at. Yeah, the Lakers team. They basically have like five and a half players signed up for next season, and they're already paying them nearly 150 million dollars, leaving the cupboard bare, as they say. I wonder how it's going to look in 2025 with the Lakers, and that's why a 2027 first round pick. Trey said yesterday. Might be juicy. Could be sweet. Good. With, be uh, sweet. with when they're starting Austin Reeves. And uh, others there in Los Angeles. They're still paying Lou all dang. <laughs> five mil. Mm. Five mil for dang. <laughs> Who's taking a chance on Lou all dang? He can, he can help Mitch in a playoff, playoff push. <laughs> right, what about Kent Bazemore? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember okay, Kent I mean, Bazemore? He makes nothing, right? Yeah, he makes nothing. He could be a throw-in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, you're right. You're right. I should have included him in the, in the DeAndre Jordan portion of that. Uh, if he's uh, chucked in there. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I could go Kyle Anderson because of, ooh, are they going to be able to make those uh, make the books work with him in a, in a possible uh, deal when he hits free agency? That, that's, a, that's a bit of a no-brainer, and I think it's a decision to be made. Now, they have immaculate vibes, as we've all talked about. Like I, I don't want to rock the boat too much with this great Memphis Grizzlies team. But the money is about to get tight for them, so I think instead of Kyle Anderson, I'm going to go Jarrett Culver. All right, so uh, obviously a lesser name than, than Slow Mo. 
The Grizzlies did not opt in, right, to the final year of Culver's rookie contract. So they did put themselves in a position where they cannot offer him any uh, more on the contract than what his final year of that deal would have been in free agency. So one year, roughly about $8 million. Grizzly Bear Blues, which is a great name for a blog, they had a trade idea I want to throw at you. Only for the Sickos, okay? Warning. This is a trade only for the Sickos. We're talking Jarrett here? That's right. They send, Memphis does, Jarrett Culver... A 2026 first round pick heavily protected. 1 through 24, let's say, which could turn into then two uh, second round picks if not conveyed. Four, John Schumann, are you listening? OKC's Kenrich Williams. Now, the thinking is that Kenrich Williams can be a bit of a replacement for Kyle Anderson if he is to leave in free agency. You know, he's like that sort of 3-4 sort of power or sort of point forward hybrid. He's not as good, but he does those things. He plays some defense. He's good for 20 minutes a game. And that's the thinking. That's a sicko trade. I mean, that's Culver and probably two future second-round picks for a Ken Rich Williams. Thoughts? Oh, wow. What is OKC? Why would OK, OKC shouldn't do that? They should. Uh, he well, said picks. Picks. Yeah, yeah said picks. I know. He said a first-round pick, heavily protected, but then possibly conveyed. I know, but you're saying that Kenrich is a poor... Well, Col- like Culver is a young... T- like number six pick, wasn't he? You think, yeah, oh... He, he, it's not worth a first-round pick. No. We've, okay, okay. we've, those days are gone, unfortunately, yeah. for Jared Culver. We were at the Memphis Bulls game in Memphis on uh, MLK Day. Our buddy Dave Grisham said, is that Minnesota's Jared Culver running around out there? Because <laughs> he was a first-round pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the stock has dropped. Well, yeah, and there's just no there's no real spot for him on this team. There's so many good players. No, this he's got an expiring deal, and they're going to let him go. Can you turn Kyle Anderson to Ken Rich Williams? If you can, you do it in a heartbeat. Because mm. you said, yeah, that Ken Rich is a poor man. No, Ken Rich is a poor man's Kyle. Yeah. He's I, good, though. I love me yeah, some Ken Rich. Good. I think he he could be a rich man's Kyle. Wow. A Ken Rich man's Ken Kyle. Ken Rich man's Kyle. There yeah. you go. Kyle's good, but Ken Rich man can play. <laughs> <Nah>. Ken <laughs> Rich man. And he's more in line with the timeline of the Memphis Grizzlies. Kyle's 28. Ken Rich, I don't know. He's got a, an old man's hairstyle with that fro <laughs> mullet. I don't even know what to call that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But uh, I would love him to be a part of that Grizzlies team. Okay. Yeah, nobody knows how old Kenrich will be. <laughs> it's literally he looks impossible old. to find out. I think it's very... 23. Yeah, I'm he's... guessing. 27. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> the reason he looks old. He's one year younger than Kyle Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much for your theory there that he fits the timeline better. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess they a need some bit. vets. Kyle Anderson for <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. Oh, you would like that. Call That's it nice. in. That's very nice. Yep. But what's Derek? He's an expiring. That's expiring for expiring. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be more coming back from the Bulls in that case. Second round pick. Yeah, <laughs> now, now we're talking. Now you're talking. Uh, okay. That's okay. The, that's my favorite thing during trade season. If your if your team has an underwhelming offer, just put a second round pick on it. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, a pick. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, not that sounds fair. Second round picks like. You're getting a player once every five seasons mm. who's actually good. Sure, throw a pick in. Let's go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I went with Torian Prince. He's on an expiring contract. He is he is in and out of the rotation with Finch. He sometimes plays like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes a game. And then he plays like four minutes and he doesn't even play. It's really, really odd. I think they he's one of those guys like a cla- he's just a classic sort of 3 and D guy, yeah. but is he really that? No one's really convinced he is at this point, I think. But 
teams talk themselves into players like that all the time an athletic sort of wing and uh, you know maybe the Wolves would move him to try and get more scoring a little more scoring punch possibly Terrence Ross again that name comes up you know Jeremy Lamb who's had a brutal year for Indiana but uh, if you still believe in him bouncing back and becoming the scorer that he was was I got Prince I don't really have anyone else does anyone come to mind on Minnesota as you peruse the roster you're really you're like stroking your Adam's apple mm, right now Tess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was yeah you see uh, a lot was. of beard stroking yeah, but rarely like, from, <laughs> to the neck massaging <laughs> the apple yeah yeah sometimes you shave under there and uh, you get some some wounds I do anyways <laughs> yeah, sure. and uh, I like to just massage them out <laughs> my lesions anyway <laughs> Not really. I don't really, but it, I just lesions. I just happen to be touching that area. So, anyways, uh, while reading while while I was touching my neck, I was reading about Kenrich Williams' oh. hair. A lot of people calling it the puffy mullet. Okay. That's a great that's a great term. Anyways, yeah, I know. I was also looking at the Wolves yeah. roster multitasking. I've got a split screen. I got two browsers <laughs> here on do. this one laptop. Torian Prince is a Can real Tony Snell. Can we get a close-up of his laptop in case people don't know what a computer looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Computers have changed from the first segment of this show to the second segment of this show. Wow, technology moves fast. You got any beef stuck in there? Yeah, I got Yeah, it's a problem. D- detritus. <laughs> See how much more boring the Western Conference is here? Well, yeah, man. You Torian, Torian Prince. Prince. Well, who else? Give D'Angelo me- Russell, nah, dude. He's been in trade rumors since he got there. Well, that's the problem. Why has he been traded before then? When's it, why is it going to, like, suddenly gonna throw in 10 second round picks? Get me interested? <laughs> hey, yeah, honestly, I'm, yeah. Realistically, I'm, uh, I, didn't th- I just don't think he's going to be moved. But he had a game winner last night. <laughs> even talk about it mm. anything about the wolves nah who cares good luck all right well it gets even worse wait 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 what about malik beasley yeah okay i that... would rather trade for malik beasley than torian prince yeah okay team. okay it's gonna same type <laughs> of deal though <laughs> yeah I mean, exactly it's not gonna be great yeah you get one extra year plus uh there's a team option on malik beasley's uh last year of his okay. contract okay. i think so at least you get at least you get a little bit more promise a little bit longer contract well, if you thought that was bad, what about the Pelicans here? <laughs> Can I interest you in Thomas Santaransky? Oh. Yeah. Uh, bunch of buzz, though, that the Pelicans are going to be buyers here at the deadline and not sellers, which I think is fascinating. Seeing their name linked to a lot of the Blazers guys, like Norman Powell, who obviously just signed a deal with Blazers, CJ McCollum, if they really want to get uh, a little juicy there and try and get him down to New Orleans. But... If that's the case, or if they are making any sort of move, Sadoransky's $10 million contract uh, that is expiring is going to be included. So that's why I have him as the top trade candidate. Yeah, like Torian Prince, expiring, tradable. Tradable. Definitely tradable. David Griffin could put him on the table and say, hey, you're only going to pay this guy like 40% of that. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the the Pelicans are such a a strange situation because of what they did in the offseason where they kind of sort of took a lateral step, step back, and uh, they don't know what they're doing with Zion. It would be interesting if they were buyers. They need talent because they have heart in Josh Hart and all those guys they they, they need somebody to uh, yeah well they need somebody to yeah, well. they, Norman Powell would fit um it would be a glut of guards but they need they need somebody to score okay let's go to OKC here the thunder now you already brought this up they have one of the lowest payrolls in the NBA uh 
Meaning they can make any move they want, really, between now and the and the trade Ooh, deadline. Exciting. They don't have to match salary for almost anybody. Uh, they could just absorb that contract without having to give back any salary in return. So that's that's important to note. Besides their own first, um, which is owed to the Hawks in the unlikely event it falls out of the uh, top 14, which that's not happening. The Thunder have 12 future first-round picks from nine different teams. Okay? Wild. So, who is at the top of their candidates that they would look to move? I think it might be Kenrich Williams. Yeah. Though we're big fans of his. Um, he is the type of player everybody wants because, again, he's a versatile wing. He stretches the floor. He plays defense. He, he does, uh, you know, he's a leader. You feel like he's 23, but he's 27. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's nice. Uh, they're just a weird team trying to figure out. I mean, again, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they should be aggressively trying to get Mo Bamba if the Magic are, you know, ready to move off of all their big guys there and, and Mo Bamba gets uh, pushed out of the uh, the rotation a little bit or out of their, their future plans. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not reporting that. I love when people say that. <laughs> I'm not reporting that the <laughs> Magic are us. actively looking to get rid of Mo Bamba. You're the biggest Bamba fan I know. I, hey, no, that's not true. Kevin O'Connor is a bigger Mo Bamba fan Whoa. than I am. But... <laughs> That's the type of player that these teams like the Thunder should definitely be going, yeah, we'll, we'll pair him with our guys here in Jay and Dort and stuff like that and, mm. and see if he flourishes. He's actually having a pretty good year. Right? He is. It's not bad. It's 10-8, two blocks, plays like 27 minutes per game. Um, so is there something, uh, some sort of deal that they could uh, make to the Magic there? Yeah, they probably could if they want to. But I have Kenrich Williams. I don't know if you have He any. is the one. Okay. He's a winning player. Somebody's going to take him. So somebody's going to offer Presti enough to, uh, <laughs> to take him How much stands. would it take? <laughs> Sam, how much is going to take? Hey, you want to pick, Sam? Yeah. I know you want to pick, buddy. Uh, yeah. Not a great pick. How about Mike Muscala? The Moose. The Moose. Three and a half million this year. Three and a half million uh, next season. A team option. Guy shooting threes. The Lakers. <laughs> coming back. He's coming back to be a Los Angeles Laker to shoot threes. I'll give you a top 55 protected uh, second round pick for Mike Muscala. If I could pick at number 57, <laughs> I would take that. Uh, who's untouchable on the Thunder roster? It's SGA. Apparently it's not even Dort, but it should be. Uh, weren't there, you know, there were rumors going around that uh, the Dort report that Dort <laughs> could be had. Giddy ain't going anywhere. I, I think they'd be silly to do that. Is uh. That's probably it. Yeah. Anybody else can be Don't traded. trade Poku. I wouldn't, nah, I wouldn't trade early. him, but yeah. Right. Okay. Or Trey Mann. Trey Mann shouldn't be touched either. <laughs> oh, wow. No, now we got some untouchables. Uh, Phoenix Suns. <sighs> Another shitty one, guys. I went with Dario Saric. Now, he's not even playing. He's out for the entire 21-22 season, I think. Uh, tore his ACL in the finals, didn't he? Yep. Um, he's under contract for next season. It's not brutal, though. It's... Uh, pretty team-friendly $9.2 million contract. So I think it was Bobby Mark suggesting like a Saric, maybe Jalen Smith, uh, because you've got, you obviously have your, your starting center in DeAndre Ayton, though you got to figure out what you're going to do with him in terms of money, and then maybe some sort of pick. Would they offer that to Portland, and would Portland want that for Covington, let's say? I would think so. I, if, I, if I'm the Blazers and I get offered that deal. Are the Suns going to be really trying to make a move here, I think, is the question at the deadline. And if so, what do they need to do? That's good. That's a very good value for both sides. It doesn't seem like Jalen Smith is going to be there for a long time. They didn't offer him his uh, extension or the, the guaranteed contract, the option on his contract, I right. should say. So to pair him with an injured player for Robert Covington, who could be there 
Tory Craig of the uh, playoffs. Yeah, that would sort of so make sense. So Sarich, Jalen Smith, future, probably protected first-round pick for Covington. I'd go second. I think you could get away <laughs> Blazers with Blazers would second. sure like to get one of their first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Didn't they give up two to get Covington? Yes. Whew. But yeah. you hope that Jalen Smith could be a future player yeah, yeah, in this yeah. league. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone from the Suns? You think they'll? You think they'll make a move here on the deadline? I would bet against the Suns making I, a move just I because agree. continuity's kind of been one of their strengths. You know, they started with the eight no run in the bubble, went to the finals last year. They're the best team in the league through half the season right now, and that's just because they keep getting better and better, playing together more and more often. I guess you could ask the question: Would they trade DeAndre Ayton? Chris Paul can make any center good. DeAndre Ayton is a really good player, and we saw in the finals he was really, really important. When he played their best, the Suns looked at their best. But if you're talking about, like, if they don't want to super max him, which he's going to get from somebody, somebody's going to give him the max in the summer, and they don't want to pay that, now would be the time to trade him. Right, right. I saw some things burbling. Ayton, Smith, Sarich to the Bulls. For Vooch, Patrick Williams, and 9,000 second-round picks. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no. Suns ain't doing that. Yeah, Suns ain't doing no that. No way. I mean, I, but I'm also thinking <laughs> they're going to come to an agreement on some sort of deal. So if they don't think they are, then they'll want something in return, I guess. I, I agree. I think it would be far-fetched they would trade Aiton, but I don't think it's a 100% lock that okay. he's there for his entire career. A couple more teams. Blazers. I mean, look. You know, I talk about a swear jar when it comes to talking about trades in the Blazers. It's Covington, it's Nurkic, it's McCollum. It's Dame! It's not Dame. It's possible. Dame will not be traded at this deadline. I'll bet you. Yeah. Okay. That's a good bet to make <laughs> and a bad bet to take by, by me. I agree. But just look at it. This is the time to trade him. This is the time. 32 years old. He's talking about his future and where it goes from here. I, I, I think it's unlikely, especially because he's injured and he won't be playing before the trade deadline. But if you want to try and rehabilitate your franchise after this era that has not worked out with McCollum and Lillard, it's time. I think it's time. So you're going to trade him for Ben Simmons? Yes. Really? Right and, now? And, and you're talking about the, the, the cupboard that the Philadelphia 76ers have of picks. Daryl Morey has got no problem emptying that cupboard. I'll give you all the picks plus Ben for Dame. Thoughts? Hey, uh, I would love it. I wouldn't love it. I would feel sad for the Blazers fans. But, (laughs) I mean, Tess is right. It's time. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Lillard is there until he gets that huge deal and then perhaps we will see some movement. Yeah, see, 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 you got to do it now. You got to do it now or else... You're not going to get the same value for him, or he leaves on his own, or he demands a trade. Simmons was probably is probably going to be, I think, the best player that you'd get back for him, considering his age. Simmons and Simons in the backcourt again, hey. love it. And Philadelphia will give you every pick they got. I don't know how many picks they have. Off Here's the top. my question with the Blazers: Who warrants an emergency podcast? Obviously, if Dame gets traded, we're jumping on the oh yeah on the phone, or we're here in the classic factory doing one immediately. But CJ McCollum gets traded tomorrow. Emergency podcast? Yep. Okay. Nurkic? You betcha. <laughs> I mean, Covington? <sighs> yeah! 
It's tough, man. We did a Cam Reddish emergency yeah, podcast. Yeah, but it, it was perfect timing. We were like, just finished our show. We were right here. There's no way we were driving back to the Classic Factory for a Cam Reddish stream. We could do a live stream from our cars. Well, yeah, we don't could. Touch, don't touch okay, the phone. I just, just put, it on, I put the phone on the dash, <laughs> lock it off, and just talk to the phone. Don't even look at it. Just drive properly. All right. So you're basically I, saying I, we're doing an emergency podcast for any sort of trade. Covington? Keep going. <laughs> Nasir Little, CJ Ellaby, <laughs> second round pick, a conditional second round pick, cash consideration. Yes. <laughs> we got to do an emergency podcast about a second round pick. Like whatever the worst trade is, we okay. got to do it. All right. We'll, we'll try that. Uh, so a couple more teams. Kings. Oh my God, just like the Blazers. I have them in order, most likely to move here. Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley the third, because I think they're going to be paired together. Oh, Harrison Barnes. I forgot about that guy. And then De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> it's been an emergency trade. Good call. Um, Spam risk. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this show is <laughs> off the rails. I knew we shouldn't have done the Western Conference. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was muted. The Kings. Everybody available. I think the answer is no. Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Keep suspense. <laughs> wow, what a I decided in that. I decided in that instance that Tyrese Halliburton ain't going anywhere. Okay. If, if you have to package him to get off of somebody you don't want, I said no. 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 Keep in Tyrese. Okay. Tyrese. Keep in Tyrese. Everybody else could go. Yep. And I think Harrison Barnes is probably the number one with a bullet to be traded. Okay. I think he he would be the one. Yeah, I agree. I think Harrison Barnes is the player that if you're looking at the Kings and you're a contending team saying we're one piece away, maybe it could be Harrison Barnes. A large wing, kind of a small ball four, hits threes, has played in the finals. I think he's the easiest to talk yourself into as an added piece. Or maybe Buddy Heald is as well, though his contract is a little bit more just shooting threes. Um, But yeah, it's kind of hard to find an untouchable player on the old Sacramento Kings. I guess Halliburton would be the guy. Are the Bulls, like, calling the Kings about Harrison Barnes? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, Bulls are very, very quiet right now, I would say. Not hearing much. Not hearing much, which tends to be the case with AK. Mm. All right. San Antonio Spurs. I have Thaddeus Young at the top of their list. Same reasons as a lot of these guys I've uh, mentioned with some of the previous teams. Expiring $14.2 million contract. He is, uh, obviously, he can... Play uh, play the front court positions. You can play a backup five. Um, I wonder if the Bucks. I wonder that'd be a mm. wild, wild little move there. Could the Bucks get Thaddeus Young as like insurance backup five position? He's a little, obviously, a little smaller than your uh, normal fives, but he can play it, and he's just that veteran presence. But I think the Spurs. They don't make a lot of moves during the regular season. They already made one though with Forbes. If they get offered, you know, it's not going to take a whole lot to get Thaddeus Young. Um, I think he could be on the move. Yes, optimist. If you love the trades, you say, look at the Spurs roster with all these first-round picks, all these young guys that they've assembled over the years, and you say, package them up for a Sabonis. Package them up for a good player who's on the block. Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, who they probably want to keep, Josh Primo. They've got so many guys at the mm-hmm. guard spot. But realistically, and that's what we do here on No Dunks, we don't you know, jump the gun and say everyone's going to be dealt. Thaddeus Young is probably the guy on an expiring deal. He's your Daniel Tice. He's in that Serge Ibaka family. Tradable. For sure. And and a, a championship team would love to have a guy like that. 
Yeah, basically the same exact thing as Bryn Forbes. He's on a deal that ends this year. A veteran player who makes more sense for a team that's trying to win right now. So that'll be weird. Spurs suddenly making two trades in the middle of a season. Yeah. Got to do an emergency podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final team is the Utah Jazz. I thought this one was difficult. They're obviously on a bit of a slide right now because they're missing um, a lot of their guys. I just am curious whether they're going to trade a little offense for defense. And so the two names I have on the list that maybe they look to move, I think it's unlikely, but maybe Joe Ingles or Jordan Clarkson. Again, with the idea, let's get a little more defense in here for a playoff push. A wing guy. We got Royce O'Neal. He, he does a fine job, but we could probably use a little bit more. And, uh, you know, Ingles and Clarkson, they're not having great offensive years either. So maybe, maybe they look to move one of those guys. But I, I thought this was a tough team to pick too. They have that need, that's for sure. Yeah. It's an interesting conundrum, though, because you're still going to be starting Mitchell, Conley, and Bogdanovich as your sort of wing guys. Mm -hmm. And so, it, well, I don't know. Is there a defensive guy out there that would I mean, match up for Ingles or Clarkson? I mean, yeah, it, 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 it makes sense, offense for defense for them. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Don't love it. I think Ingles is a little bit more realistic. It. Feels like his name is actually coming up in rumors a little bit right now, and his contract is expiring at the end of this season. A little bit of duplication, I think, with him and Jordan Clarkson. They were both the sixth man of the year candidates last year, um, so you can't have two six men. One of them has to be seventh. Might as well trade the seventh one to get a different seventh man who does something a little bit different. I can see that happening, though the Jazz are kind of a let's-not-rock-the-boat kind of team in general. As we wrap this up here, which team are you praying makes a move in the next two weeks? for whatever reason you want. Is it the Kings? Is it the Blazers? Is it the Sixers for obvious reasons with Ben Simmons? Like, or, or another team that you're just like, I just want them to make a deal of some note. I think it's Philly for me. Okay. Me too. Because <laughs> if the Philadelphia 76ers don't trade Ben Simmons, we're going to have three months of reverse trade rumors. Basically saying, why didn't the Philadelphia 76ers trade Ben Simmons? Here's who they could have had who right, did get traded. Right, and right. then we're going to go into the summer. And we're going to have the same trade rumors about Ben Simmons once again. Is, yeah, is it, I could definitely see these were the packages that were on the table. Yeah. Is it tampering if Daryl Morey goes on radio and says the Kings offered XX and X? Yeah, I can't. I don't think he can name the players, but oh. he can name the team. I think. I honestly think. I think he sort of said that. Yeah, maybe he can one. say like they offered a wing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, be very vague. About it. Yeah, Barrison Harns. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. Yeah, it's possible. They offered a wing from Iowa. Could be anyone. <laughs> yeah, that is a great point because when they inevitably don't trade Ben Simmons here in the next two weeks, uh, <laughs> then the Sixers are going to get into playoff series, and if they lose to Team X, it's going to be like, see. You could have had <laughs> yep. this player, and he would have sure helped to slow down that player that lit you up for 38 or whatever the help for Embiid. I mean, we still hear about the Lakers not trading for Kyle Lowry at last deadline. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, could have had him for THT. Could have easily had him if you wanted to. Not to mention, we'll also get the questions of, oh, Sixers are looking good. I think Ben Simmons could actually play, play? for this team oh, yeah, in the yeah, playoffs? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you just got me thinking about the Jazz because I, I do want them to you know, utilize this window that they have here. Yep. This is dumb, but Mike Conley for Marcus Smart? Whoa. Mike for Mark. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't love it. The Celtics have a vet, Mike Conley, to get everybody going. He's old, obviously, unfortunately. Like for them. The Celtics. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, I don't yeah. like it from the Jazz side of things yeah. as much. He's right beside Donovan, you know, You're as some... a secondary playmaker. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep Conley in this case. Okay. But the Jazz are weird right now that. because their guys aren't there, and they were, they looked like uh, they looked like one of the elite teams of the league, and now far from it here. Yes, struggling. But hey, if you're gonna struggle, struggle right now, late January, That's and right. get it together for the final couple months. Okay, we're gonna take our last break. When we come back, though, TK's got the tweet of the night. And I'm gonna spoil it. We're gonna be talking about this new Rising Stars format, which is uh, pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So don't go anywhere. Back with No Dunks in the Classic Factory. Before we get to Trey's tweet of the night, somebody in live time here tweeted me, Matthew P. Upshur. He said, you just asked on the pod what it would look like to remove Jokic or Embiid from their teams. Here's an interesting way to look at it. And he pointed me in the direction of this tweet from Andy Bailey, who says, the Nuggets have the point differential of a 63-win team with Jokic on the floor and that of a 10-win team when he's off, the 76ers have the point differential of a 58-win team with Embiid on the floor and of a 37-win team when he's off. So, there you go. The numbers have our answer, at least in terms of point differential when we're talking about removing those guys. Jokic MVP. Lock it in. Also at the top of uh, Basketball References MVP tracker. Lock it in. He's going to be the advanced stats MVP guaranteed. Lock it in. Love it. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Three tweets of the night. They've already been seen by everybody out there, but we're talking about them right now. First one from Shams. Sources, the NBA has a new format for the Rising Stars at All-Star Weekend. Four seven-player teams competing in a three-game tournament. Each game has a final target score. It's going to be 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and for the first time, Four G League Ignite players. Mm, Interesting. Second tweet from Shams. The rising stars at All-Star Weekend will have a clutch challenge in the middle of games two and three where eight NBA and G League Ignite players are divided into four teams of two to make five baskets from locations of iconic NBA playoff shots. Yes. Third one. The two semifinal games will be played to a final target score of 50. The final game will be played to a final target score of 25. That's a total of 75 points in honor of the NBA's 75th anniversary season. Wow. That's a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of changes for the Rising Stars Challenge, which I'll say... Worst part of All-Star Weekend currently is the Rising Stars Challenge. 100%. Yeah. So this is a little confusing how it's actually going to happen. Once we see it happen, it's probably going to be better than what's currently going on because the last, like, five minutes of the current Rising Stars Challenge is it's almost a dunk contest, right? It's like, okay, let's see. Jalen Green, let's see what kind of cool moves you can do. So... Even though this seems pretty crazy, and they're like, we threw every idea we had for a basketball into this one tournament. That's kind of what it feels to me. This is like making a decadent quiche. Throw in every vegetable you have in the fridge. Why not? Potatoes? You got leftover french fries? Throw them in. I don't care. I had no idea that was what a quiche did. But yeah, go on. (laughs) I would say frittata is more for the junk. But, uh, I mean, same difference. It's just all about the crust is the difference. Nonetheless. Throw your whole quiche and sink out there. 
Everything but the keech, keech, kitchen sink. Everything Anyways. but the kitchen sink would be a good name <laughs> on a menu. Hey, what are we? Are we? I thought we were having a stroke for a second. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, is he okay? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You got there. Might be a little no. juice though for the old rising stars yeah, challenge. Absolutely. So that's cool. Yeah. My other question for you is, what shots do you think they're going to? Yeah, that's fun. Okay, Playoff hold shots. on. This is called the Clorox Clutch Challenge. Mm. This is two ball. Bleach ball. <laughs> I mean, do you yeah. remember two ball? I mean, we're the weirdos I do. that I remember do remember ball. all the All-Star Weekend events. That's basically what this was. It was teams of two. You took shots. You alternated shots. That's what they're doing here. Yep. And uh, I actually, I remember liking two ball. So I'm excited to see it come back in some form here. Uh, but yeah, where will the shots be? Mark me down for a Damian Lillard walk-off nice, bomb. Nice. So I'll take one of those. Uh-huh. Uh, put me down for a Jordan, um, you Jordan know, at the free Jordan throw at line. the free throw line. Maybe a Derek Fisher, perhaps. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be players on the top 75 list, though. Ray Allen, corner three. Mm. Bing Lo. Magic Johnson, skyhook. Similar location, I guess, to Jordan, right? Where was he? He was like he was in the lane. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that one's a guarantee. Um, Kawhi Leonard's bounce shot. <laughs> you gotta replicate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just says from the location. Yeah, like you're no, saying they're just gonna yeah. be shooting there. Yeah, you're not. You don't yeah. have to back up like Ray. You just have to shoot it. You know. <laughs> that's a good point. Just a corner three. I, I like. I'm, <laughs> right now, I'm on a Lillard. I just think that's gonna be there for for yeah, some reason. Sure. A Lillard. I like the Ray Allen corner, and I like the Jordan at the free throw line over the Cavs. May, actually, maybe even just Jordan jumper against the Jets. I guess that's a possibility, too. I mean, they could do five Michael Jordan shots yeah. if they wanted to. So I think a free throw is what it's going to be because that could be the Jazz shot or the Cavs shot. Take your pick. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Top 75 part is interesting. Otherwise, you could have what the stream team mentioned here. Phil Law 123 says Kyrie shot on the dubs. Sidestep three there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be shots of players on the uh, – Maybe. On the top 75 list. 76 list, I guess. <laughs> but I guess maybe you got that in your brain because some of the top 75 members will be coaching these yeah. teams here yeah. on the tournament on Friday. I just think the synergy There's a lot of, of things all. happening. Yes, yeah, of course. Of it's top 75 weekend. We'll be celebrating the top 75 weekend ourselves with the little no dunk spin. That's a tease for you coming up. But uh, I think Friday, yes, it's complicated, as Trey said. Everything you've ever heard about a basketball game, the Elam ending, (laughs) shots from locations, a tournament, uh, and, you know, a half, sort of like a halftime event. It's all complicated when you're reading four tweets. I read it over and over and over. But yes, zoom out. Friday, even for us sickos, every All-Star weekend is... It's a bit LOL. It's just it's it's the yeah the anticlimactic part of the weekend where the the rooks and the sophomores get in there and they throw the ball up and they don't care. But Elam endings, they kind of solve everything. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got to play you, for something. Yeah, and so you'll have two games to get to fifty. You'll have this event before the finals, and that's uh, followed up by a game to twenty five. Uh, <laughs> right, so right. and adds up to seventy five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> total points. So done and done. I think it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be better. Maybe. I mean, better in because they're shorter games, I guess. Uh, you got some one you got something to play for. I don't think it's for. a lock they're going to be better. The but... night, I think the night in a, as a whole will be better. You got something okay, okay. something to play for again the Elam ending. You're you've got this eventual thing you got to get to and fans know that at home. So, yeah, mess it up. Like we just saw what happened in the NFL 
uh, playoffs in, in overtime, you don't screw with things in the playoffs. But when you're talking about an all-star weekend, screw it get up. Get creative, okay. Yeah, so Friday is better. You it's want to get better. creative? I've got a great idea for an all-star weekend event. Sure. Must-watch event would be the best event of the weekend, guaranteed. It only works during the 75th anniversary. We get every player on the 75th anniversary team, line them up. Can they still dunk? <laughs> wow. Michael Jordan, you think he can still dunk? Yeah. Shaq? Yeah. Yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yes. Wow, he's a big guy. Big guy? He's old, old guy? I don't know. Shaq couldn't dunk for a long time after his career was over, remember? Yeah. He would try, try in the yeah, NBA TV studio. So, yeah, I think yeah. he can now. Dr. J, I remember, would have yeah. his famous things. Like, every year he would go out on his birthday and dunk. Magic Johnson? No. Mm. No way. He's working out on a boat, but he <laughs> looks a little no heavier. So. Can they dunk? I'm telling you, this would be must-watch <laughs> It TV. would be. Every legend in NBA history? Man, I wonder, Bob Pettit, he's still alive? Can he dunk? Let's find out. I like it. Yeah, this is, would be the year to do it. This would be the year. This <laughs> would be the a only lot of year like, to do uh, it. You know, unfortunately, uh, like uh, a training staff and stretchers all lined up. There'd be a lot of blown out uh, Just you know, one jump, and though. Huh? Just a single jump. Dominique yeah. Wilkins, can he dunk? You betcha. Do you? Do you? You'd be, be tuning in to find out. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, yeah. back to like the little tournament here. How are they gonna do like how are we doing the drafting of teams? Are we just gonna like get the rosters and then the league's just gonna put them on squads? Mm -hmm. Is that what's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's it's gonna be a jumble of rookies, sophomores, and then these uh, couple of ignite players. Is that what's gonna happen? I think so. Yeah? And you're fine with that? Yeah, you don't want them. Uh, you don't <laughs> I'm want them not to line up and pick the teams. I would no. be pissed if I was the 25th rising star and I got left off for a G League player. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, or I, if I, was, I don't know about that. Or if I was the fifth best G League Ignite player, that's more. That's more like <laughs> emergency it. podcast for G League <laughs> snubs. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's hear what people think of this new rising stars format. Are you going to be tuning in? Uh, on Friday night to see this little tournament, to see this new challenge. Did you even tune in to Friday night's Rising Stars game as it was? Right. Because that was the one I definitely checked out the most on. Of course. I'm like, I'll watch the highlights. Yeah. I don't need to sit here for a couple hours. Celebrity game is better than the Rising Stars game. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe they should get a four-point line. Is that happening? Probably not. It's a great question. Probably not. It would be nice when they announce all these changes to include who is playing in these games already. Like, really? say LaMelo Ball is going to be out there. Why the heck wouldn't you get excited uh, for that? Yeah, that'll be degree? coming, don't worry, right? I know, I know, That'll be I content know, we'll know, be talking about. I know, I debating know, I know. the uh, but we 13th could be debating. sophomore. <laughs> not the but we could be debating if LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball will be the guy shooting from the Damian Lillard spot. Will he make it? You know, uh, that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, lots of time. <laughs> I do like uh, my final note. On the actual challenge part, there was, like, in the details on NBA.com, they're doing the thing where... You know, the first team goes, they set their time, and then the, and then the second squad, squad comes up, and if they, they just have to beat that time to advance. You know what I mean? Like, so the first team sets the mark, and then it's just like, oh, next team, can you beat that? Oh, now, now you've got it. Can the third team beat it? There's no, like... Advance to what? Well, it's just like the best time obviously wins. There's no um, uh, redoing of it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, uh, you only get one crack at it. Yeah, you're not advancing. It's yeah, yeah. one team wins. <laughs> but so is the winner of the Clorox challenge. Yes, fastest time. That's different than the winner of the Rising Stars tournament? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's they, a team of two. They have the the shootout thing. 
That's the Clorox. <laughs> and then there's the games. Huh. Yeah. Just watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely. They're two separate things. Like, yeah. Yeah, they have a little tournament, the shots that we're talking about. There are going to be four four things happening on Friday night. Three games, two to 50, one to 25, the finals, and then this uh, Clorox challenge, which is basically two ball. Two games, and then they shoot from spots that playoff legends have been made before, and they have a race. It's a race to make the shots. That's exactly right. And they sit down, and then the tournament resumes (laughs) Yeah, we go, all right, let's get them back out here. It's going to be hilarious. I don't don't know why I thought that the Clorox challenge was, like, part of the game. If you win that, you get get five points off your Elam ending or something like that. No, no, different. The Clorox thing is just strange. Clorox and basketball doesn't seem to mix. Maybe they'll clean the floor. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. Losers have to clean the floor. Let's hear everybody's thoughts, thoughts on this madness that's going to be going down on Friday night. Are we doing a are we doing a watch party for this? Um, yep. <laughs> only no. for the challenge part. Only for the challenge. Oh, only the challenge. Okay. Uh, pick and results brought to you by BetMGM from last night. It was the Lakers-Nets game. Lakers were five, favored by three and a half on the road. You know, we had AD possibly coming back. He did come back. He played. And the Lakers looked uh, pretty solid there. Nets shorthanded. No Katie, of course, no Kyrie because they're at home. Harden had his triple-double, but they lost, and that's an L for Tass and Trey, uh, which is fascinating because Lee was with me taking the Lakers. We got the victory. I'm 10-6. and six. I'm clear of these guys. I will not be having to owe another pick and payoff. I already owe two still. But you, two guys here, and Lee, who's still playing with Lego at home, are all 6-10. and 10. And there are four nights left in January for us to pick games. The rest of this week, tonight, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday is January 31st. So So you're not clear? I guess I'm technically uh, not clear. <laughs> well, I mean... I guess, because I almost we're not taking to be. opposites. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm clear, baby. Congratulations, clear. man. Okay, so what's our game tonight? Mm, the Dallas Mavericks have been playing very well, although they're coming off a loss last night. Golden State Warriors was a 37-point smack yeah. in the end. Playing as Portland Trailblazers team that also has been playing better. Six and four in their last ten. So mm-hmm. Dallas going into Portland. Both back-to-backs. Portland, a four-and-a-half-point dog at home. So I'm comfortable taking those four points. Well, you guys believe, the three of you all believe, yeah. that the Mavericks will win by five or more. Because, again, they have been playing their best ball of the season. Yep both in back-to-back situations. Obviously, the Blazers staying at home. They're helped out there, and you're right. They get some points to play with. This could definitely be a close game, but uh, I like a I like a little bit of a bounce-back performance from the Mavericks. Gotta be a bounce-back. Also, I think it's the third game in four nights for both of these teams. Ooh. Gonna be an ugly one. Could be. I do believe this shall be an ugly game. Okay. A lot of games on the sked this evening. Good luck, good luck, good luck to you. Thank you to the stream teamers for joining us for another long episode from the No Dunks Classic Factory. Send in your questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. And grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Nice deal on right now to get all that gold content, especially as we get closer to the deadline. We got all our guys... And gals plugged in to all these teams. I think there's like a, there's a, live, a live blog. There's blog. a live blog with like it's already the started. Reports. It's, wow, they already got it going. Yeah. yeah. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks to get yourself an athletic subscription. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, hit up the No Dunks YouTube channel later today. What is it, Wednesday? Yeah. Nice little treat for you. 
top five fun. I won't say what it Ooh, is. You don't want to spoil it. You don't want to spoil it. Embrace the day, people. 